When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, and you stay on top of everything all the time. It is the Chicago First podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Haima Black here at Cards Against Humanity. Um, back for another week. Shout out to Cards Against Humanity for hosting Dynasty Podcast here. It's so awesome. Uh, Prove Krivishay here behind the boards doing audio and visual. And I am here with Ryan Brockmeyer from Midway. It's a documentary about Chicago hip-hop, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming up. Um, bring us into this documentary. Like, tell us what it is. For anyone who's not familiar or maybe somebody's heard the name, like, bring us into the world of what this documentary is doing and what your goals are with it. Um, so the full, length, uh, the full title is Midway, The Story of Chicago Hip-Hop, and it's going to be covering the entire spectrum of hip-hop culture in the city of Chicago, starting in the late 70s with the graph scene and the poppers and lockers, uh, all the way up until today's artists with Chance and Vic um, yeah. and everything in between. And it's not just going to be a linear history of what you know what this artist did that connected to this it's also going to be going a little bit deeper bringing in um you know issues of segregation and gangs and um house music and all the stuff that kind of shapes what chicago hip-hop is everything that feeds into that larger narrative yeah um this is your brainchild like bring us into kind of how this idea originated so it's an idea that I've been thinking about doing for a long time. I can't say when it actually started, but it was December of 2013 when I started the outline of everything. So this December will be three years that I've been working on it. Um, it uh, I had a corporate job before. I was a creative director, um, and it was just kind of sucking the soul out of me. So I did even this. though the title is creative director. Yeah, yeah, that uh, can be a little bit misleading uh, okay. when you're doing when you're working for. Uh, companies like uh, Sprint and Campbell's and stuff like that. Like, uh, sure. yeah, creative is a loose term. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is a project that uh, I'm like, I, I kind of want to do something for me. Um, and that's kind of how it started. You know, I wanted this combines my love of journalism and history and films and music all together. And so, you know, kind of, I guess, talk about your connection to this narrative. Like, you know, was hip-hop part of your life growing up? Did you grow up in Chicago? Kind of bring us into your personal investment in this story. Uh, I grew up in the Rockford area, okay. um, but yeah. I've been in Chicago for 20 years now. So um, I came, I've, I've been a hip-hop fan since 1987, sure. I'd say, 87, 88. Been a music collector and done a lot of stuff. Tried my hand at, at uh, rapping, did some producing, did some managing, did a lot of, you know, creative work, did some video music videos for people. Um, and kind of just settled like behind the scenes uh, with stuff. And um, yeah, so I mean, I officially, I would say I came up in the Chicago hip hop scene in like the late 90s, 97, 8 or so on, mm-hmm. and uh, just met a lot of people. And that's kind of how I put the, put the team together. So like bring us into like Chicago hip hop in like the 90s. Like what does that look like? Is it do or die? Is it crucial conflict? Is that later on or kind of like what's that scene yeah so the 90s so maybe to take it back just a little bit earlier as Mm -hmm. you know as as hip-hop was growing from new york in the 80s right you know everybody knows that it expanded to to la everybody knows the nwa story especially now with straight out of compton coming out you know that was 87 88 chicago the hip the, the culture was here 
in the early 80s, but there wasn't very many people doing music. Right. Um, you had Dr. Groove. You had a few people like that that were doing stuff early on. And it wasn't until uh, Ten Trey was uh, the first people to sign a major label deal in 89-ish. Um, so the music, the hip-hop music in Chicago didn't really take off until the 90s. And there's only a handful of people that got deals. Right. And that was your commons, Twista. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few other people flirted with major labels and may have you know, um, been talking. Some of them got signed and recorded music, but it got shelled for whatever reason. So Chicago really had to do the independent marketing on their own. You know, that's why there's, you know, labels, um, labels and artists that did the, that went the independent route in the nineties. And it was, um, you know, quite everybody knows, you know, crucial, again, crucial conflict and mm-hmm. do or die in them, but there was a vast scene of people doing it, doing other things independently in the 90s. Well, I think that part of what might have been an obstacle back then is that, like, you know, of course, the infamous, like, everybody knows about, you know, the next Seattle, when Billboard rang that bell, and so everybody scrambled on your triple fast actions, your caviars, fig dish, like, Veruca Salt, Local H, all that in the wake of Smashing Pumpkins. Yep. And so I think everybody here was looking for guitars. And now it's very much the opposite in Chicago, where it's like, everybody's looking for anybody that is... You know, like, did you grow up in the same neighborhood as Chance the Rapper? Right. Perfect. You're like, you're our thing this week, you know? Yep. yep. And that's not like to slight Chance the Rapper at all, but no. it's like everybody's now, it's very much like kind of the next Seattle wave of interest here, but it's it's very much on the hip hop side. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that don't, um, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, Chicago, like, oh, Chance is from Chicago. Okay. It's, you know, Kanye. Mm-hmm. Is from Chicago, but you know some some people it took a while for them to realize that Common was from Chicago. Right. I mean, we here in Chicago knew that he was from there. You know, doing like some of the videos that he had and and stuff like that showed Chicago. But a lot of people, especially since he was messing with the, the Roots and De La Soul and people like that, a lot of people assumed that he was from New York. But, right. Um, so yeah, there's it's there's there's a big scene. There's a big bed of artists and creative people in Chicago hip hop that we're hoping to expose to, to the world, to the world. (laughs) So how long have you guys, you've been doing interviews with a number of like artists, industry, you know, creatives, personnel, everybody involved in that story. How long have these interviews been going on? Like when did this start and how many interviews have you guys done? So I put the team together in January of 2014 and we spent about seven or eight months in like pre-production because even though like the team that I have, um, the, the first two people that were on the team is DJ Risky Business, who has been a good friend of mine for almost 20 years now, and uh, Kevin Beecham, who a lot of people might know from his time travel radio show up at WNUR, which went from 95 to uh, 2002. And that's Northwestern, right? Yes. Yep. Very like, kind of like storied esteemed yep. college station, yep. like along with like LUW. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And he went to, in 2002, he left that to go to Minneapolis. He's now working for Rhyme Sayers, which atmosphere Well, sure. Is I mean, like another huge, like hip hop community there, underground and above ground mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people don't know the connection like between Chicago and, and Minneapolis and mm-hmm. Rhyme Sayers. You know, one of the, one of the two or three main guys running Rhyme Sayers is Jaybird, who managed Rubber Room, who's from Chicago, who, you know, so like there's a big ties um, with a lot of Midwest cities. Anyway, to uh, get back to your question, so so Kevin and Risky were the first two that I brought on board. The next was DJ Sean Doe. From there, we like I said, we spent seven or eight months in pre-production. Even though we know 
pretty much everybody that we've talked to or that we're mm-hmm. reaching out to. We still wanted to make sure that we were developing the right questions, that we were creating the right just making sure everything was perfect, that we weren't yeah. just going out and just You're not doing your homework on the bus on the way to school. Exactly. Yeah. So we started, uh, we started interviews in August of 14. So it's been two years now since we've been interviewing. So how many interviews do you think you've done in the last two years? Because that's a long time. 152. 152. So it's not a guess. Like, you know. <laughs> and all of those are video? Yeah. They're yes. all video interviews? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. How long are these interviews on average? Like, you know, like the, the producer, the radio broadcaster in me is thinking in, in those terms right now. Like the average, I would probably say is anywhere from 50 to 60 minutes. So that's a significant yeah. amount of footage. If you have 150 plus at, let's say an hour each, that sounds like, that sounds like enough work where I'd go, I'm going back to bed for the rest of this year. And sometimes I feel like that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's very much a labor of love. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. That's incredible. So bring us into some of the interviews. What have been some of the highlights? Who have been some of the amazing talents or behind the scenes figures you've talked to? Or what have been some of the great surprise learnings that you've come across? Wow. That is a very broad question. That's like a bunch Let of questions. But just, I guess, what have, been the, what have been the highlights? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, over 150 interviews. And so far, we've talked to people like Twista and Do mm. or Die and E.C. Illa and D.A. Smart and Kingdom Rock and Ange 13, um, Stony Island, East of the Rock. Like, it, like, the list just goes on and on and on. Um, I'd say... And, oh, and we're also talking to some non-Chicago people too, or mm-hmm. at least people that don't that they don't think they're from Chicago, or that they have ties with artists, that they've worked with artists, or that they're just general music people. So, like we've interviewed David Banner. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. know that David Banner was born in Chicago before moving to Mississippi, but when he went down to Mississippi and went to to Jackson State, he met Old School Ice Cream from Abstract Mind State and a few others, and they started a group down there. So there's like Chicago connections there, right? Um, Charlie Tuna from Jurassic Five was was born in Chicago, lived in Chicago for a long time, continues to rep Chicago. He's actually part of Shy Rock Nation, which a lot of people don't know. So, um, so yeah, so we're we're covering a lot of people. Uh, as far as some of the highlights, I, I got to say one of the highlights for me has been bringing in a group called East of the Rock, mm-hmm. and very many, very few people know who they are. They dropped one twelve inch or an EP in around. I th- 95 I want to say right they had some major label interest and theirs is a story kind of like a a lot of Chicago artists where they got to that point they were getting some some interest from major labels bought to blow and then something happened that kind of blew it all up that's the classic Chicago story though it is I mean that happened to so many artists and we saw this happen so much especially in the 90s when labels were really like kind of the only option you had and man, it felt like every time you opened up an Illinois entertainer, you were reading about another act that was like, this is the group, they're going to be the thing. And then three months later, you'd read the follow-up feature, and it's like, their Atlantic deal fell through, their island deal fell through, and it, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. And it happened again. I mean, it was Lucy with the football. It happened again and again and again. Yep. Yeah. And East of the Rock was exactly like that. And they their whole thing kind of fell apart because they, you know, a couple, one of them or two of them weren't on time. Um you know, for, for a showcase with some, for some labels, they had some, you know, some tension. And then they, they literally broke up like on the side of the Dan Ryan that night and they were done. Everything but, you're, this is the most Chicago story. Mm-hmm. 
but it comes down to them not having proper management and real, you know, record industry professionals looking after them. Like that's the one thing that you know Chicago had record row all the right. way up until you know the seventies, right? Right. And then Chester everything, and, and then, yeah, yeah, and then everything just then left. So they're the perfect example of that. But when we brought them in, that was the first time that all four of them had been in the same place at the same time, and since they broke up in twenty years. That's incredible. Yeah, one of them lives out in L.A. and flew in just for the interview. I mean, that's significant. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny, like, what you're, not funny, but what you're saying, it rings so true. You know, having grown up in Chicago, and, and when I was a teenager, you know, I was that kid reading New City, The Reader, Illinois Entertainer, like, you know, everything I get my hands on, I wanted to be part of that. You know, like, it's real Little Mermaid. Like, I wanted to be part of that world as a kid. You know, I wanted to be part of that, that scene. I teach at Columbia College now. And one of the classes I teach is called self-management and freelancing. I promise this, this dovetails back. But it's very much a class about like, okay, you're all, you know, 50 students. You're all incredibly talented. You're great comedy writers. You're great, you know, video producers. You're great, uh, you know, on and on and on. All these great, incredible, talented concentrations and students. But you have to know how to, like, file as an LLC. You have to know how to write a pitch letter. You have to know how to, like write a, you know, business plan. Like, you have mm-hmm. to, you know, on and on and on. And all these things that are so crucial because people think being an artist is just being a good MC, being, know, you know, knowing how to work a camera and knowing how to make a blog. And it's, you got to have the boring stuff. You're, you're, you're a business. Yeah. If you want to be serious about it, you have to think of yourself as a business. That's the only, that's the only way to, to do it. Yeah. Um, but to tie it in with Columbia a little bit more, um, I was actually in, in on a, couple of meetings because uh columbia is working on developing a minor in hip-hop right i've, I've been in some of those meetings because yeah. a few years back i was like when i got to columbia i was like can i teach a kanye west class with that level of enthusiasm maybe more volume and they were like there's a committee that's kind of working on something that's a little more focused and i was like right but also can i teach a kanye west class <laughs> um so i've sat in those meetings and like mm-hmm. you know talked with them about like this hip-hop major that they are developing and it's really exciting it's really yeah, cool it's it's cool but it's because i can go in a million different directions so you know it's it's um you know we were kind of saying i don't i i it's been a minute since i've talked to anybody about it so i'm not sure where they're where they're at directionally now but um i know it's still moving along but especially with just, the school you're about to pick up right right yeah. we're just i just i know that the couple of meetings that i've been in you know we're just kind of pushing to make sure that the students aren't thinking that they're going to go in there learning how to be a dj or learning how to rap, like it's right. It's, it's about the history, the business, yep. the the branding, all that. Yep, especially since it's just such a world, you know, arguably the biggest cultural movement in the world, especially you know, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to tie it again with with Columbia, we just uh, we made our official announcement about three weeks ago that we are partnering with the Center for Black Music Research yeah. in Columbia to develop the Chicago Hip Hop Archive. That's so cool. That's so significant. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this because I work there, but I love I love Columbia because of things like that where they they really connect to the community. And it's a very – you know, it's one of these things. Like, it's a Chicago staple. Mm-hmm. You think about Chicago, you know, and people who aren't from here, they think deep dish pizza and, there's, you know, <laughs> there's no ketchup on your whatever. And it's like – it's XRT. You know, it's like the metro. It's yeah. – Old Town School of Folk Music. It's Columbia College. It's Illinois Entertainer. It's all these things that are really like institutions in the city. Yeah, and I love that Columbia is part of that. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with that. We were, I mean, as we saw, you know, well, like I mentioned, you know, I, I came up in the hip hop community, so it's not like a team from L.A. or New York that's coming in. Which that there's wants a to lot of the that. Story. There there's, totally there's is. There's a lot of that. 
We're like two dudes from, I'm not going to name names, but we, I think we all know the, you know, the three or four outlets and two dudes come in like from LA or New York. Right. And they do like 48 hours in the windy city. And they're like, here's the seven acts that no chance the rapper. <laughs> right. And again, like nothing against those right. artists that are connected to right. chance, but it's like, it, it's a very limited narrative. Mm-hmm. They're not pulling the camera back and getting the full scope. And it's different when you have someone who's in this, you know, in the culture. Exactly. Yeah. So like when we first started having our, you know, our first few meetings about how we're going to put all this together, like we, you know, we were thinking on, we're going to make a two hour film. So it was, okay, who are the, you know, 30 or 40 people that we need to talk to to make this happen? And then, you know, just like I said, we all came up in the community. So it's one person to mention this name and he would mention this name. And then by the end, it's like, well, if we have them, then we can't leave them out. And then if we have them, we can't leave them out. And then finally we're just like, screw so, it. We're going to talk to everybody. Are you thinking then, again, in terms of like now I'm in producer mode, just in terms of formatting, you have 65 million hours of footage, right? You've done 8 million interviews. When you have that much content, are you thinking it it switches from being a two-hour documentary to a six-part series or maybe you shop it? You know, we're living in this incredible age of like, you know, all these TV platforms that now are carrying really quality programming that wouldn't make it to like an NBC, but might make it to like a Hulu or Amazon. Right. Uh, we are thinking of those. Yeah. Um, and that's, we were thinking of that fairly early on once we started seeing like exactly how big this is going to be. We're like, okay, we're definitely going to have enough to do. This is not 90 minutes. Right, right. Right now the focus is still doing like a two-hour feature film because I still would like to be able to to show this around. Like we've, I mean, we're, we're still filming and I've had people from New York, LA, France offer to host screenings of this when it's done. It's incredible. So I, you know, I still would like to do, you know, like the film festival circuit and that kind of stuff so we can show it and sure. use that as kind of the catalyst to bring in then like a bigger part series or something like that you know so just I'm, to carry the the larger right i mean i'm sure that this would play huge at like a south by southwest yeah obviously the chicago simfest party would be enormous mm-hmm. yeah, you i had know? a panel on simfest this year but we didn't we, we showed some so if anybody wants to go to the website it's midwaydocumentary.com but you mm-hmm. can see we've been putting up these little like um, we, we've just been calling them vignettes of, of yeah, interviews yeah I saw those yeah so you know just to kind of just you know promotion tease whatever you want to call show it show people to, that this is a real thing right right and to make sure that it's happened too because you know people have tried to document Chicago hip hop before and they've done a ton of interviews with people and then it just nothing it comes just out you know whether it's because they realize they don't realize what big of, how big of a project it is or whatever happens it doesn't work so i mean even though we know a lot of the people already that we've talked to we're there's still some that we kind of gotta you know push a little bit to be a part of it because they're like well i don't know i've already sat for two interviews in the past and nothing ever happens and this and that right so part you know so part of it part of showing those vignettes is is showing this is still ongoing this, this is happening thing. it's you know it's it's you're not gonna abandon it's just it. a long process yeah i love it um so the release date, are we, I think I read on the website, like late 17, is that the idea? I'd like to have the final cut done by around this time next year, September, October of next okay. year. Yeah. 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 Um, if somebody is listening to this, if somebody's like, hey, you know, I want to get in touch, I want to, you know, either help, you know, produce or help like edit some footage, because I'm sure you could use help with that, <laughs> or contribute some, some monetary funds, or if they're like, hey, I think I should be part of this story, like... 
how can people reach out to you and what are you looking for in terms of people reaching out for you? Um, we're, I mean, kind of, as you said before, it's uh, right now it's a labor of love. So the, you know, so whatever help we can get, we, we will take, um, I, you know, we, we want to make sure it's the right fit. We want to make sure people are working on it for the right reasons. And, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's a labor of love. It's a lot of work, but, um, I mean, anybody who wants to, to get more information or to hit us up can go to the website. We just launched that about a month ago, uh, Midway Documentary. You'll find information on the film. You'll find who we've been talking to, like any kind of information. And right through there, you can, there's a form, there's email addresses. You can catch us on social media. So right on. Uh, That's amazing. I would love to check in as we, you know, as progress happens on this, we always bring guests back on the podcast, kind of like as their, as their narrative develops. I mean, we've been doing this 11 years and I worked on Q101's local show for 13 years. Well, for a decade, I was at Q101 for 13 years, but it's like, I've, I've gotten to see so much of this, you know, so much of the Chicago scene as it's developed, move forward as new artists have stepped up, new legends have, have come into play. And it's, that kind of thing is exciting. I love seeing that, you know, I, there's something about Chicago's energy that's so different than I think anywhere else. I agree. I, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to explain for somebody from not Chicago, but it's it's right. It's Chicago. I mean, with this podcast, we don't really interview anyone who's not from Chicago, and people all the time are like, "Well, you know, like, why don't you start talking to people from Nashville? Why don't you like interview art?" And I'm like, "Yeah, there's no like, there's no thorough line there. Yeah, like it it really this is the really silly analogy I always make. It's like it goes back to me reading comics as a kid, and like Flash would show up in an issue of Green Lantern." And he'd be like, hey, thanks for helping me take out Sinestro. And he'd be like, see Green Lantern 748. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I read that. I love that about, like, talking to only Chicagoans. Because if I was talking to, like, someone from, like, Ohio and then Iceland and then Los Angeles, there's no, no. narrative there. Not, so Not at all. Uh, the documentary is called Midway. Ryan Brockmeyer, let's bring you back on as this moves forward. And please, like, keep us updated. Um, I mean, we have a ton of Chicago hip-hop interviews. Is there anything we could, like help with let us know but let's definitely like check in as things move forward you know and not wait until end of 17 for sure awesome man thank you so much for coming up and telling us about it thank you you've been listening to a production of dynasty podcast find more dynasty podcasts at dynastypodcast.com for the dynamic dynasty dynasty descend